Hello, 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 hello. This is Nolan Miller. Uh, welcome to What the Hell is Wrong with You, uh, the, the podcast where we interview comedians about their favorite thing in the world to bomb on stage. <laughs> uh, your other co host, Ryan Ross, is not here right now. He's on a show, but good for him. Uh, I decided to be a hermit and stay in and talk to other comics that are not in town. Instead of talking to comics, I see all the fucking time in town. So that's what I'm doing tonight. Uh, right now, I've got Eric Groovely with me, and a local, uh, he's a Louisville comic, Louisville, Kentucky. Hello. Thank you for having me. So and I'm excited to, to finally be, be on this prestigious, I mean, yeah, talk I'm about my terrible 21 stories. Countries. 21 countries listen to this, so it is pretty prestigious. Damn, that's good. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, hello, and all your various languages. Yeah, I only know one language. I don't know why they keep on listening to me, but I don't have any kind of translator, but for some reason, they keep on doing. Bunch uh, of expats. Germany, actually, is my second, besides America, Germany is our set number two fan base. Wow, we that's have like interesting. 12, we have like 12 Germans listening to this each week. Okay. So, yeah. They should all write in, so you could get. To, that's enough to get to know people. Yeah, I, well, I, actually, write in. I actually have a few Germans that give me money monthly. Like they like they pay to watch, listen to this. Shit, yeah. That's how I afford whenever I need to do the studio. I use their money. They pay me like ten dollars a month to listen to this. I don't know. Germany's doing it right. Yeah. So if you really care about me and my art, you should also all the other countries give me uh, ten dollars to listen to this. But I, I also am okay with oh, yeah. you as I'm starting along. But it's, I appreciate the money. Uh, I haven't started charging it, the people on the show, though. So that's good. <laughs> 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 if you want to be on my show, it costs you 100 buckaroos, buddy. <laughs> Damn. Was I, that was, was I not supposed to pay that? I already no. I get that back. No, I, I, we were going to do that, and then I decided against it. I want someone to actually be a guest, so... I feel like I'm not big enough yet to charge people to be on the show. I feel like Joe Rogan, his he could probably charge people, but not me. Yeah, advertise. Yeah, you charge for advertising dollars at that point, not the guests. I would like to start charging guests. They might think going to charge certain guests. Like if someone like nobody wanted to be on a show, like yeah, sure, you're paying me five thousand bucks, and I'll let you be on Joe Rogan. I feel like just being yeah. on that show helps people, so. I don't know, Fred. That's the thing. I, whenever I tell people, like, when people always, I'm not like a huge Joe Rogan fan, but I also think hating him is just as, uh, is just as cool as loving him. You know what I mean? I mean, you have to hate him for the right reasons, for like the fact that he has this huge platform that he's cool with. But like you're saying, selling to whoever basically, um, and like doesn't really push back on certain things but there was a time in my life when i enjoyed joe rogan i'd be lying if i said i've always hated it but I, I, i'll be lying if i said i still listen to certain episodes of his podcast but i'm very a lot more choosy than i used to be like i used yeah. to all of them now i'm like oh well i kind of want to know what kanye has to say on here <laughs> that's true too there's not a ton of places where certain people will go anymore if they're big enough and you want to hear them on a podcast yeah, he's a Joe Rogan now. So I'm like, okay. 
Okay, yeah. Or like, there's certain like people that have books, and I'll actually buy their book. Like, if it's someone like, oh, okay, I'll look at like the the like the actual writing, and if it's like, oh, that book sounds interesting, I'll listen to this one. But uh, yeah, usually I don't know with podcasts. I'm like, but when people are, like give them a bunch of crap, I'm like, okay, like I I'm sure if I got that big of a platform i would also be just the same like i'm sure i would also sell out 100 percent. well and that's part of it too because at this point yeah the people that go there fucking love him so it's like he's feeding into like all these people telling him that yeah everything you say is fucking amazing we're gonna pay you a bunch of money to keep saying it so it just keeps this cycle going so he doesn't have to listen to anyone that says he's wrong because he's got people giving him millions of dollars to say millions of hundreds of millions of dollars to just say whatever he wants yeah right <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is he's, he's not, like, I, I think the reason people get mad at him is because he's not censored at all, and he can say whatever he wants, and sometimes he'll have people on where he just lets them have a platform, and he doesn't ever, like, correct them or try to be antagonistic towards them. But also, I'm sure if they, if he got too antagonistic, they would never want to come back. So, like, I could see why another reason. But also, like, just having Alex Jones be able to spout crap for two hours, you know, that's okay. Yeah, that's not great. That's not, that's, that's not, although, like, and also, if anyone could push back, I'd say it would be him because he is, he does have this huge platform. So it's like, where the fuck else are you going to go? He's Joe Rogan. Like, he could, if he did want, you know, I mean, he might lose his audience. I don't know. I don't really know what his audience is looking for at this point. So. I, think I think they're just looking for more reasons to eat elk meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more reasons to hunt with bows and hunt elk <laughs> and to, uh to take uh some some weird kind of drug that's only on you can get through joe rogan's podcast yeah more reasons to build their own stoves in the woods oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man well uh so how long have you been doing stand-up and uh why'd you start um are we counting the pandemic here um, um if you don't want to you don't have to uh i mean i i'd say yeah i mean depends on how long you like did you start before the pandemic yeah i started in 2016 um so it'd be but six years this may um all right yeah you've been doing it around the same time i have i, I started end of 2015 so december 20 okay um, and obviously I didn't do a ton during the pandemic, but I had a few Zoom shows, which it's not really the same thing at all. No. Um, but yeah, I started, I don't know. I just, there was a mic that I saw, you know, I'd been going to comedy shows around town for a while. Um, and then I saw just from being Facebook friends with some of the comics that a new mic was starting at this bar and my dumbass not knowing anything was like, oh, well, if it's a new mic, surely no one's going to go the first day. It was like, of course, like that's what everyone, people want to check out the new mic. So I get there and I sign up and then like everyone that I've been watching do comedy in the in town up to that point, like gets there and signs up. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really know what my reasoning was. But, yeah, my first time was like in front of everyone that I liked, basically. Um, I blasted through everything I had in like two and a half minutes and my legs shook like crazy. Uh, and then, yeah, after that, I said, that was fun. Let's keep doing it. Yeah, did you uh, have any kind of prior performance experience when you started, or? Uh, I mean, kind of. I did, like, uh, theater and shit in high school. Um, but, 
nothing like writing and performing my own stuff just you know yeah monster for sure right and especially in theater you do it by yourself for like six to five to four months and then you perform it in front of people after you like know it by heart right yeah and then <laughs> and then uh in comedy you, you go up like maybe a day after you wrote something and right exactly trying to see if it's performable <laughs> yeah and it's like a me yeah and it's because I, I was in a band too and we played a few shows but like even that was like if people go to hear music unless it's just absolutely god awful they'll generally just be like yeah this is fine whatever comedy, like with a joke it. they'll judge it so you what i said the comedy is just the exact opposite they'll just yeah unless, yeah, yeah exactly unless you seem like you know what you're doing they're gonna be really upset if it's bad <laughs> right yeah and they can immediately tell if you're not confident in what you're doing um and yeah, you yeah you immediately know if it hits, and if it doesn't, then it's just the worst feeling ever. But when it does hit, then it's great. Um, I always tell people so yeah. to on how to confidently fail, which is like I, I think is a good way to even if you do bad to make people think that you're like not phased by it is a great way to that's a, that's a good practice in itself. Is like just yeah. go up there and be like, okay, that wasn't what I expected, but I don't care, you know. Yeah. projecting confidence that you don't always have <laughs> yeah it's a good like, training for when you actually need to be confident and do it you know uh yeah no so you so you've been around six years uh louisville that's an interesting scene i've been there a few times uh yeah. we get a new club so that's good you don't have to yeah next month it's coming coming up quick i'm excited see uh see how it goes hopefully uh they are hopefully these people that run this club are also not rape apologists. <laughs> One would hope not, or at least at least they don't let that inform their booking decisions. <laughs> hopefully they keep it private themselves. Who knows? You know, maybe it's just a little thing. Maybe the first day in, they're like, you know what, this guy, he's allowed in, and nobody else is. <laughs> I mean, there's a precedent for that to happen. But no, I'm excited. I think. I hope it'll go well. I talked to somebody that went to uh, the new, the Summit City one that just opened um, actually today at a mic, uh, Devin Glass. And he said there was like 60 people in the room for the open mic, which is fucking wild, like around Louisville anyway. I like that maybe happens at the club sometime. Like it's, it, so if that happens, you know, in Louisville, I'm excited. Yeah, dude. I mean, uh, it's cool. I'm always for, I'm always for more comedy happening. It's, I mean, it's definitely a hard business model to stay open. So whenever something else opens up, I'm like, okay, that's, that's good. At least people are trying, you know, like, yeah, I don't expect it to hundred percent succeed all the time. Like crackers just died. I, I never really worked there. Uh, I, I was more, I more of a Morty's guy when Morty's was around and then I never really got, I was still like new enough. I didn't really get booked yet. And then, when helium came up, I, I'm a I'm a helium boy through and through. I used to work on staff there, so and my future there. So that's uh, I I tried to get on the caravan. Uh, I think I got cursed early on. I got a guest <laughs> spot there really early on, and then I it, it was through a headliner. It wasn't through like the bookings. I think they kind of resented me for it. And then that's I mean that sounds accurate there yeah i've been banned from there for like two years so 
Or no. Yeah. Going on three, was I guess. It, well, uh, was it because you weren't enough of a rapist? Was that? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Uh, no, I don't. I had made some Facebook post about like it was pretty vanilla. It was just like, well, they're still booking old dudes. So I guess people need to think about that. But it was like a friends only post. And I wasn't friends with anyone from there. And then somehow she saw it and made some whole fucking post in the Louisville area comedians. Like, if you're going to talk shit about our club, you can be banned, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was stupid as hell. Um, so anyway, yeah, I'm hoping that they're like an actual professional <laughs> like comedy chain coming through will be good for the scene. Yeah, I mean, that'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, so um, did you, what were your thoughts? I, I know I saw you had a post about Bob Saget after he died. Are you, were you a, were you a Saggy fan or? Uh... Uh, I mean, he was fine. I, you know, I, I didn't really uh, follow his stand up too much. Obviously, I watched him on all the shows he was on. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I made a few some angry posts, like Bob Saget type posts, almost immediately after he died. And then one of my friends pointed out I was probably more angry about shit going on in my own life than about Bob Saget. <laughs> I I commented one saying like, well, you know, you said that he's post Cosby's, uh, you know, America's dad, but I Cosby's, yeah. Cosby's still my America's dad. I'm not talking to him. There's <laughs> all the rapes he's done. Besides that, he's still my dad. You can't change your dad. <laughs> you can't change your dad. I don't, I don't get why people just think they can <laughs> upright change their dad. I honestly, like, that was weird, right? Like all the articles and shit were calling him America's dad and shit. And I had never gotten that from him. Like, cause it, I mean, I don't know when I was a kid, it was always Cosby that was America's dad. Like I'd never heard. I think he's, he's like uh, white people's America's dad. I guess. If you're like. I mean, Full House was fine. You don't, you don't like Full House. It was okay. I can't rewatch it with like enjoyment that some people. That's how I learned that comedians don't make money is because Joey lived in their basement. <laughs> and he was a comedian and he you know not just comedian he was a ventriloquist comedian yeah people forget about that i mean that actually that's true that is an accurate depiction of like probably modern san francisco living like fucking eight people in a house i mean that was in the 80s well, i don't even know yeah but i'm and saying were, like we're already had so expensive. in one house and it was the 80s now it's like but but like back then, you imagine that Danny Tanner was paying everything, and then like he was just letting people live there to the goodness of his heart. But like now, it would have to be all hands on deck, chipping in on rent. Yeah, I mean, he was like, uh, like a, a like a morning show guy. I'm sure he made enough so he could pay for it himself. Maybe San Francisco is expensive today. I went there like a townhouse like that. That was a nice house. Yeah. I, I went there a while ago and it was like staying for a week was the most expensive shit I've ever done in my life. It was <laughs> ungodly. What did you stay there for a week? Yeah. I, uh, which I mean, obviously you're paying for hotels and shit, but still just like restaurants and everything. It's, I mean, it's a beautiful city, but God damn, it's expensive. <laughs> you have to be rich to live there. It's, uh, it's, I think it's actually more expensive to live there than it is LA or New York. I believe it. I don't know. I went to New York once and we went in this store 
that had that was selling a dinosaur bone for over a million dollars and that was like one of the first like oh there is a different class of person in this country that i am not and it was like this is right there fucking dinosaur bone million some odd dollars so if you've got the spot in new york to put a dinosaur bone i'd imagine it's a pretty expensive spot yeah was it manhattan yeah yeah there's some like really fancy rock store and then they're like big things with dinosaur bone yeah i'm I'm, I'm, cool. torn, I'm torn to pieces because i eventually want to move to a bigger scene and i have friends that live in la and i have friends that live in new york and they both are super expensive to live in so yeah. I, I i i'm gonna use pco this year and go to both and see which one i have more loving feelings yeah. for. and that'd be dope I want to leave by the time I'm 30. So I'm 28 now. So I'm like two years. You're 28? Yeah. I thought, oh, damn, I'm older than everyone. And it makes me mad. Like, I assume you were my age or older. I'm How old do you think I was? I don't know, like 33. Like, not super old. I guess it's I'm just because you're taller than me. I graduated from high school in 2013. Damn. Yeah. I'm so old. How old are you? 31. That's not that old. I'm only three yeah, I died. Yeah, I just I can't hit, I, I just I guess I just assumed that you were t- older than me because you're taller than me. I assume everyone like, well, no, Grant actually is tall, older than me and he's taller. It's, I'm rambling now, but. Um, Grant, older than 31? Yeah, Grant is 32, I believe. And he looks like he's like 20. <laughs> he has that young boy vibe about him. I was excited to learn he was older than me just because I had always assumed he was younger than me. So that was a nice little, oh, okay. He just has that, like, teenager, like, yeah, you know, like, uh, he's like, <laughs> I don't know, like, I still my parents, it's not a big deal, you know. So. <laughs> I can see him, like, easily fitting in at a college party. Like, I don't think anyone would question it if he, like, no, walked into a college party and be like, dude, what's up? Yeah, where have you been? Yeah, yeah. He has that he has that college frat boy vibe about him. Yeah, I, I could see it very easily. Like, yeah, just turning that on and like blending into any yeah for in a college town. Yeah, that's how. Yeah, I imagine that's how he stays afloat. All he needs is a polo and a toxic masculine vibe, and that's all he needs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, to be so. Uh, have you had the have you had your shotties, your vaccine vaccinees? Yeah, I've got both doses of my vaccine. I have not got boosted yet. Me neither. Um, I, I haven't found the need to because it's it sounds like Omicron's more contagious than the booster is helpful. So yeah. I've just been like, why to... why do I need to put something in my body when I'm not even gonna I might still get it, you know, like yeah, I mean, I guess it like it's you know it's the same thing like if you get COVID and you've got the vaccine, it's supposed to at least not hit you as hard or whatever. Um, well, this but, the isn't really making a difference with Omicron, so really, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and like the second shot put me on my ass, so I don't need, I don't know. I mean, I know I should get the booster, but yeah, it's and also like I don't know. I'm, I'm around a lot of people a lot, and I haven't gotten it yet. Knock on. Same. Wood. Yeah, same. So, you Dude, know, everyone's trying to be cavalier. Really, I have five people in my office. I'm the only one that hasn't gotten it yet. <laughs> wow. I've been tested before, too. I'm like, nothing. 
So, like recently, so it's hardcore. Probably from all those days, and as a kid, just not wash my hands. Probably that was it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've always been a bit. That's actually one of the things I liked about this was like people started washing their hands more. I've always been such a big germaphobe, so like now it's like you just gotta wash your hands. Oh, I love it. It's so... I, I have been now, but it is it's such a chore. <laughs> It's not. It's really not. I honestly think the reason I never get sick is that I like I let germs just absorb around me and <laughs> build up your own tolerances. Yeah, yeah, build up your own germ tolerance. I think people need to get a little more germs in them. I mean, it works for some folks, I suppose. Not so much with COVID, but you know, with regular germs. You know, that's what Dwight Schrute said. Just put some dirt on your hands. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta boost that immunity. A People are, compost people bin. people people are coddled right now <laughs> yeah i think that's the problem with america right now is we're coddled with all this, there's, there's all this purell and all this hand sanitizer that's the so, biggest problem in america right now that's, that's accurate for sure <laughs> so uh, a big thing we do here in the podcast is we talk about uh if you have any, if you have any good bombing stories, like what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I've got. I mean, there's. I've definitely bombed. Um, as far as like actual shows go, um, yeah, there was one one time I got booked on this. Uh, it was an outdoor show, and I've only ever done two of those. Hair. Yeah, I, I've only ever done two, and it was never good. Um, but no. this was the first one I ever did. And it was like, it was, I don't know, some fucking, uh, you know, gentrified white people outdoor space repurposed with construction containers or storage containers and like all sorts of bullshit. Um, And like the stage was, you know, whatever. And then all the seating was at picnic tables scattered, maybe, geez. I mean, easily 40 feet away. And like, it was outside with a little PA system for like, you'd use maybe for like a karaoke night at a bar or something. Like it was, you couldn't, they could barely hear me. It was hot as all get out. Um, And like, I could, I could see like sometimes, you know, some heads move if they were laughing, but it was, it was just like terrible. Like, Oh my, the feelings. Was, and then, so I started sweating because it was hot and cause I was nervous just cause like, God damn it. I don't know if they can hear me or if like, I'm just not hearing their laughs or if they're laughing, they hate this. This is all terrible. So like I start unbuttoning my shirt and then I realized that I had accidentally worn, like I was wearing these red pants and underneath the shirt I was wearing uh, was another shirt with Pikachu on it. And it was the exact same color as the pants. And I didn't mean to do that, but like, so I ended up basically just like looking like I was sweating on stage with a big old onesie and Pikachu. And I was just like, but why don't you guys like my jokes? That's what, that's what is real. I'm usually it was, it was bad. So like I, I wrapped up probably like a minute and a half earlier than I was supposed to. And I mean, no one did well. It was a bad spot for a comedy show. Um, was there any music involved? Because usually I, I say no to things that have music too. Because most people that go to a, a, a music comedy night are there just for the music and you feel like mm. you're holding them hostage with comedy and that's never a fun thing 
there wasn't music but it did kind of feel like that vibe like it was there was other stuff going on like there was activities there it was like you know supposed to be for like families to come through and get food and play you know fucking darts or whatever i don't know it was like a that kind of vibe and then it was like people were just like noticing oh there's also comedy happening here okay i guess i'll sit and watch for a minute but like it was so it had like it had open mic vibes in that way i guess even though it was like a book show I think um, any show, whether it's open mic or not, it needs to be like the Bears. That's why Bears Place is a perfect venue for comedy, because you literally have to go out of your way to sit down and watch it. Like, yeah, you have to choose to go in there, <laughs> see what's going on, sit down and watch it, and you have every freedom to walk out whenever you want. That's any comedy should be that. You should have a a difficulty getting in there, uh, you have to pay to get in, or if it's an open mic, you can just walk in, and right. then there should be nothing else going on. That's like anything else yeah. is not comedy to me. I'm like, nope, that's not like I hate when people have venues where they it's just under like an open bar, and then they just randomly are like, We're doing comedy now. If you don't like it, then just leave, right. ha, 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 fuck you, yeah. And like the people that want to go to bears to just eat or just get a drink have a whole area to do that, and they never and have to so encounter comedy. Choose not to sit and watch, and I don't blame them. I would do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. I do the same. Um, I, I rarely ever stay. Like I'll stay till the end of it, so I can talk to people. But I rarely ever sit and watch the whole thing. I'll. Uh, I'll generally watch. Um, so it depends. Like if it's someone I've heard before, like if they're doing shit that I've heard them do before, then I might go out and like smoke or something, but generally i'll watch um but yeah i mean also it's definitely just to hang out and talk afterwards and then bounce like i'll you know like last night i didn't even have anything to do like i think i bummed a cigarette for me thankfully so i had something to look like i was doing something but i was like i just don't <laughs> want to listen to any of this and i literally sat outside and my phone was dead and i literally was just staring outside <laughs> rather just stare at nothing than open my comedy. I'd rather stare at nothing or people watch awkwardly as people walk down the street than to sit and in walk. the cold. I have gotten to the point now where I am okay to just be like, you know what? This is not my thing. I need to leave before I want to quit this. That's fair. It's important to know yourself. And I mean, yeah, no, sometimes it is definitely, uh, it can be a bummer and just be like, oof. Especially if, like, like, I go to that one frequently now just because our helium one's not happening on Wednesdays right now. So I'll see the same set a few times for, like, you know, there's some regulars that go and they'll pretty much have the same exact set. And I'm like, eh, I, I want to be nice to them when I see them after the show. <laughs> I just don't want to see yeah. them. You know, I'd rather just not see their set. Like, I usually watch your set <laughs> go up before me. And then... I'll watch a few others of it. Like I'll watch Will and yeah. a few others. I think are usually pretty funny. But if I don't know them, I'm like, I don't know. I'll just like, I guess I'll just walk out. I don't know. That's fair. I do that a lot more. I guess I also do uh, that a lot more here than at Bear's Place. I guess just because I've made the drive. I mean, you do too. But I guess I'm just like, well, fuck it. I'm here. I might as well just stay. But like, if I'm here at a mic. Uh, yeah, I go in and out a lot more, definitely. Yeah, yeah I, if I'm at in Indy, if I haven't seen the summer before, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and watch all of it. Uh, if I've seen them before and I know it's bad, I'll sit through the first minute 
And then if it's like, yeah, this is the usual, I'm just gonna get out. Yeah. Uh, Deuces. And then usually, like, you know, my friends, I'll stay for theirs because usually they're pretty funny. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah, it's comedy's so hard because it's like for you to get better at it, you have to sit through some really bad comedy. And it's like, and I mean, you can learn from that too because you see, like, if people have like nervous tics or like you can see like in their face when they abandon a joke and go somewhere else, like I'll recognize like, oh shit, I do that sometimes too. And like, you can like learn from them correct. So yeah, I went, I went to enough mics my first five years where I'm like, I learned enough, you know, I, <laughs> I've learned it all. I don't learn anything else from this except that it's bad and I don't want to be around <laughs> it. And sometimes I'm bad. I'm not always good either. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I'm like, yeah. I you know I'll at least like you know sometimes I'm like did you even try did you I, I my my big thing is I hate when people are like uh like man like I should have really like came up with something you know like I'm just oh here God, talking yeah. and I'm nothing to say every time it kills me yeah when people when it's just like some it's always like some bro and they're just like I didn't even plan on getting up yes you did like come on don't do this just like you just wanted to hold a microphone and didn't have anything to say. Just say you're not funny. That's all you have to do. Just be like, I I have no creativity at all, and I'm just here for the good times. Right. (laughs) And that's okay. Or, yeah, the best is when they're like, yeah, I I lost my uh, football, my fantasy football league, and now this was my my, uh, (laughs) punishment. Punishment. For five minutes. Oh, no, it's unbearable. Yeah, here I am, just talking. What do y'all want to talk about? Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. Like, I've definitely had those moments before, but it does get, when it's like someone rambles for four minutes and then there's like, all right, well, let me try a joke real quick. <laughs> I, don't, I I just hate how, just don't, just, just pretend like you care a little bit. I don't know, just like it's, pretend yeah. that, yeah. I don't care enough either, but also it's like, just don't don't make me don't make me feel like I wasted my time being here. That's why. Right. Like I'm like oh man, I, why do I care about this? If this guy doesn't care, I obviously why do I care? I have no idea. Oh man, <laughs> I get into like a just like a existential crisis. Like should I even be? I, don't know. I sub- Sometimes I like those people like that though, because when you follow them, generally the room is more ready to laugh. So They're like, "Oh, thank God, this guy had something ready." Right, anything. Something. It's they it just had a cadence of a joke. I am happy. <laughs> like, oh man, this guy. Yeah, I, I like following them, but man, oh man. Yeah. Sometimes I don't, because then I get mean. Like I'll I'll like try to like throw him under the bus, and then it's like too much, and they're like. Hey, dude, that guy was just trying to live his life. I don't know why you're being so uppity about this. I'm like, okay. I literally once, uh, I had, so somebody, he's a semi-professional wrestler. Was He went up before me. And, like, big guy. Like, big buff guy. And just ate a dick. And it was during, I I used to run the mic, but it was before I ran the mic. But I was a regular there. And I went up after him, and I already had something planned specifically about what he was talking about. So it seemed like I just reamed him for like four minutes, but I really I just already <laughs> had a joke ready about that topic, and I That's just funny made it. But it made it seem like I was just literally making fun of him for literally half my set. 
and it was doing so well. And everyone else was laughing at his expense. And I was on a, the soaring wings of eagles. And, and after the set, he pulls me in the hallway. He's like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And I was like, okay. And he's like, dude, why are you so mean to me? <laughs> and I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you, you made fun of me for like your whole set. And I was like, no, I didn't. I made fun of you for maybe the first minute. And then I had a joke similar to the topic. Right. Like, yeah, but why did you make fun of me at all? I'm like, cause, I mean, no offense, you kind of killed the room, like, not in a good way. Like, you kind of, like, the, everyone was quiet. And I was trying to, like, for my own sake, make the room a little bit louder. Right. Like, you got to be like, we all just witnessed that. Yeah. We all witnessed what you did, and I did something better. No offense. And now we're here. Uh, and literally, so many people were concerned that he was going to beat the shit out of me. I had like three or four comics from Indy, like right behind them, watching it go down in the hallway because they were like ready to like help me in a fight. <laughs> like it was like Peter Hines was like right behind me. You know, I haven't even met Peter Hines. He's a big, burly Wisconsin dude. So. Uh, but he was like hovering around us. That's funny. He wasn't getting involved. So he was just like, I'm ready if you need me to like pin someone down. He's like, did the dude like do anything aggro or did he just walk away with his vehicle? I mean, he cornered me. Like, I was in the corner of the hallway. Like, he definitely cornered me. Yeah. But, and he didn't get any physical, but I was like, ah, oh, dude, I really just, uh, I wish I cared more. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think he realized how intentionally I did not care. Like, it was literally just me trying to make the room better, and it wasn't at right. All. It would have been anyone, and he took it personally. I'm very apathetic towards you as a person. Like I'll be honest, <laughs> I don't hate you. I don't like you. I just you're here, and you're uh, moving now because you're in my face. But <laughs> it's so weird when people. I mean, I guess that is the, you know, just like he just had a thin skin, but like it is weird when people like take your jokes weird, and then like try to. Uh, relate to you about it like I don't this is different but like I did a joke about divorce once because I've been divorced and then afterwards some dude comes up to me he goes I've been divorced too fuck him right I was like it's not the point at all of my and then he just goes in about how yeah. much bitches oh, women divorce, are. Yeah, I'll, I'll make a misogynist comment right now yeah exactly I was like oh I guess I need to rework some things if this is what you took from that <laughs> yeah I the, the silver lining of all that was, was that he quit comedy after that night. So nice, hell yeah, that's all you need. Yeah, but, I think he's done like a few open mics since then, but he like literally quit after that night. And he told me via Facebook message, like, "Hey, just so you know, you hurt my feelings so much, I quit." <laughs> I'm like, I don't okay, know cool, that. bro. Lame, but okay, cool. Yeah. Why would you? Oh, that reminds me. Apparently. Uh, I don't, well, whatever. Uh, you know Evan Lewis. Who? Evan Lewis? Yeah. Dude, so he, apparently, the, he's only one of those people were, where I'm like, you, you're going to, you're a little MS looking piece of shit body. It's going to get the shit kicked out of him for some of the things you say. <laughs> I swear to God. Like, you are fearless in a, in a very nice, palatable way, but also, oh, damn, dude. Like, <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, he, he is not afraid to be who he is. But no, so apparently someone else in the scene that used to do comedy um, 
I forget, like they had some sort of disagreement and like they said to one of Evan Lewis's very close friends, uh, you know, Evan intimidates me both as a man and a comic, but don't tell him. And obviously they told him and like, just, and that's why he doesn't do comedy anymore. And I was like, Evan Lewis though? Like he's a nice guy. Like, you're, like if someone else is going to make you stop doing comedy because you had like a weird rift with him, then it wasn't for you, my dude. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Uh- Honestly, though, I feel like of anyone you're seeing, he would be the guy that would might say something to get people. Because you're seeing seems like a lot of people that don't want to intentionally ruffle feathers. Yeah. Seems yeah. like a lot, of, a lot of like intentional lying or silver lining, like you know, just keeping things civil, but. You know, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know they, they might not like you, but you're like, ah, I don't even know, really, because. <laughs> yeah, everyone's just so nice to you. And I guess that's also why I like Evan, because he's very direct, and he'll just have a conversation with you about whatever the topic is. But, uh, but yeah, well, how did I, oh, yeah, because you said that dude messaged you and said that you hurt his feelings, and <laughs> he quit comedy. That's what made me think of that. that yeah. I, got here. I, I mean, like, I'm like, good. There's too many people doing it as is. Like, I don't know what to tell you, like. <laughs> Anyone that quits, I'm like, I used to like trying to get people to start because when you first start, you think that everyone should do it. And then you realize, no, too many people are doing it as is. And there's a lot of not funny people thinking that they can make a career out of this. And I need to do the opposite. I need to get people to quit. <laughs> I, need, I need to do my best to be as good as I can be and also encourage people to not do it. That's right. That's I see someone that's that like, Oh, yeah, I brought my friend. He's going to do a five-minute set. I'm like, why did you do that? Why did you ruin his life like that? <laughs> why don't you introduce him to all of the, yeah. Because it's like, it's, it's a drug. That's what it is. It's a drug. You're you're catching a high. And oh yeah, you're thinking that you can do this the rest of your life as a career is losing <laughs> at best. Right. Um, but you still do it because you think you can do it. I still do it because I think I, that's what I want. I want to be a lazy mm-hmm. and do this my whole life. That's insane. The fact I can right. make off of just telling dick jokes, that's crazy. But I still do it. But I have a full-time job too. But yeah, boy, boy, do I not care about that job. And I'm lucky I haven't been fired yet. Right. It's so weird. Cause like, I mean, it is definitely a drug. It's just like, well, this is the best thing ever. I just want this. And then yeah, it's anything else like any job i apply for or anything i'm just like well it has to i have to be able to still do stand-up so i don't really care about whatever it is as long as the hours let me do stand-up that's why it's, most people have a terrible work ethic in their other job whatever it is they're like either getting fired yeah. all the time or they just don't there's even like a famous comedian i can't remember his name but he has his whole specials about all the jobs he's been fired from since he started doing stand-up that's like his whole special is he just talks about all the jobs he's had since he started. Like he talks about like thirty different jobs. <laughs> and like yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you you go through them. Uh, I, I I do just enough to get by. So like, well, my last job I won an award, and I did not try at all. So then <laughs> after I won the award, I tried even less because I was like, oh, yeah. well, at my worst, I'm still better than all these fuckers. So right. Clearly, I'm doing a little bit worse and still be better than them. And I will not even be trying at all. So this is perfect. Yeah. You find something like that. So just manual labor bullshit. I signed up for DoorDash. That's 
I haven't done it yet, but I signed up. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> you haven't done it. I, I, you know, I, I'm yet to do my actual job, but I, I signed up for it. That's the <laughs> technically the first step of signing up. Turning in the application. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I'm signed in. I'm on the app. I can do it whenever. I just haven't yet. Yeah, yeah. I, I have like a bougie marketing job now, but I was doing manual labor for a while, but. I used to work at a coffee shop in a retirement home in uh, in Carmel, Indiana. It sounds super dope. It was pretty cool. I was the harbinger of all the condoms in the building. I restocked the condom shelf. They had, they had a whole basket in the in the coffee shop for their condoms. Because I don't know for the old folks is the highest rate of STDs of anywhere in the country. I have heard that. I have heard that. Uh, yeah, the old folks are out here wild. And They're raw dogging all day long, man. There's not. I mean, I would too. Like, fuck it. Like, if you only got a few, have like few years left at best. Why not? But I, <laughs> so I was the one that was like having to get people to use condos. <laughs> They would be sitting next Did to you. Have to like, I'm like, hey, you know, those are there for a reason. I was even <laughs> trained to like tell them about it. Like, hey, you know, you should probably pick one of those up. I call you Sally. Uh, You're not not just crocheting out there in her room. Yeah, you had to like <laughs> encourage them to be safe. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, that'd be. I don't know that I. I mean, I guess that'd be a cool job. I don't know that I like, feel like I, that part I of it. I didn't really have to do, but I, I felt like I was obliged to because I restocked the thing. Okay, I already stocked this thing for like a couple of weeks. So you guys have been raw dogging it for a month or so. And you know, I just need to start using condoms again because I, I didn't have I to do that to, part of the job. Uh, <laughs> I was just passionate about that part of the job. <laughs> I felt I was obliged to. Like I, they never told me to. I think, in fact, I wasn't supposed to really either because that's their life. But like, I felt like I had a responsibility to like. Teaches people about safe sex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, someone needed to, I guess, clearly. I remember I had a joke yeah, never. about, about uh, uh, there's only one person that knew that I was gay at that place because, you know, as a senior living, I don't want people to have find a reason to hate me. And, uh, right. and it was just the one person that knew I was gay, they called me because uh, I served soup at the, the, the coffee shop. And uh, they call me that fag that served them soup. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> the soup fag. As as opposed to the other ones that like change their diaper and bathe them. There's the one that serves me soup. There's the one. <laughs> we'll see you okay. They're like, no, yeah, that's a that soup fag serves me soup. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, and then this one never went well, but I had so. They love, I also, they, you could buy bananas at my place and they love bananas. Like old people love bananas. They're super picky. Like they had to be like no brown at all, which makes sense. Cause like, you know how old people feel about people, places, and things are brown. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. They don't like it. But that one always got to grow. And I'm like, come on. That's clever. Stop. They don't. It's about race. Everyone knows white, white people that can afford a retirement home are racist. Come on. Oh, absolutely. 
without question. So they know nobody in in that other race bracket can afford that place. That's why they go. Yeah, and it'll just be excused as they're from another time. (laughs) Or they're, you know, their mind isn't there anymore. They don't know what they don't know what they're saying. So, do you if you could do anything comedy wise, like, would you just want to do like road, like a road comic or did would you want to like, just be on the road, like tour all the time? Or would you want to be in a certain city? Like what, what what's your like end goal? Hmm. End goal. I don't know. I mean, I like, I know right now just cause of my, you know, I don't have really shit to do with my time. Otherwise I would love to be driving wherever to do comedy and that's why i've been going to bloomington every week um i need to get out beyond that and go elsewhere um but yeah i mean in terms of like a city i don't know i've thought about moving other places obviously need money to do that so gotta like save up some before i do that um and i don't know where i'd go so i want to like actually figure that out before i move I definitely want to travel around the area more and do comedy. Um, I like right now, my legit focus is just to get a fucking video so I can submit something to a festival. (laughs) I've been doing comedy for six years and I don't have a goddamn video. I have Uh, like one video that's good now. And I I did the helium contest last year. Yeah. Pretty good video out of it, but my only problem is like it's a good video but like the laughter in it the guy who recorded it was in the very back yeah so like the laughter is like you can definitely tell people are entertained and laughing but like the only like good laugh is at the end like it like Mm. like the jokes are funny and i don't feel bad submitting it even though i'm like i wish the laughter was more like you'd hear what i was hearing when i was there like but right it's whatever it's still a good video it's a high quality video that's like that's all I care about, but and if they yeah. don't like it, they don't like it. It's like, I mean, yeah, at least you got something for sure. Like, cause yeah, I I didn't even start recording for like, I mean, the at least like four years, um, and yeah, it's just every time I've had like a really good set, it's always the time that I don't pick up my camera right. So now now I'm just recording everything. Um, but yeah, I, I, have like a, I can't be the guy that records everything. I just, I don't want to have to have another chore to do each time I'm doing stand up. Like I'd rather just like a certain time period of the year record a set. You know what I mean? And then like if I know it's like a big show and it's like a good audience, then I'll record that. But like otherwise, if it's like a mic or something, I'm like, eh, it's not really worth it. Like I'll, I'll record when I get a book show and I know that. I could get a good video out of it. Otherwise, it's like, eh. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I also do, like, whenever I record, like, I'll obsessively, like, on the way back from Bloomington every week, I just obsessively listen to my set. And I was like, oh, okay. That's, here's good, that's, that's, like, that's good practice in itself. I record all my sets still on audio. Yeah. More uh, yeah. for joke writing reasons, because if you have a good riff or something and you can just pretend it's real, you know. Right. Exactly. That. Yeah, that's... That wasn't out of my mouth accidentally yeah yeah I, my best jokes I wrote riffing like they were a total riff and i was like dude i'm keeping this forever this is a- yeah that's happened a couple of times too we're like oh shit what did i just say and yeah i'm glad i had them recorded um at least audio so 
Yeah, I guess I don't know long-term goals, but this year goals are getting a video so I have something to submit and then I can have larger goals. <laughs> larger goals. That's always fun. Uh, who's your, who's your, like, your top five favorite comedians? Or if you mm. have one, that, that's fine. But, like, five that you, like, listen to regularly. Uh, okay. Todd Berry, Tignataro. Mitch Hedberg. I mean, I want to, well, if I was going to pick two more for a top five. Uh, well, obviously, your top three are Tignataro, Mitch Hedberg, and Tom Berry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could definitely, like, that would be. Part of me wants to say Chappelle, but he's he's slipped away recently. What do you mean he slipped away like, recently? If you'd asked me five years ago, I would have said Chappelle. But now that he's uh, been super transphobic and being a dick about shit, it's hard to say. I mean, comedically, he's still obviously very talented. Like, I'm not trying to bet. I don't know that I could call him in my personal top five. Are you still in my personal top five? I, don't, I, I mean, don't. he's hilarious, but I don't know. Just for, I don't know. I can still hang with him. My thing is, like, with the context of it, I can get why he is the way he is about it. If he had a friend who was trans and then that community bullied her into suicide, like, I can totally get why someone would be like, eh, fuck them. I guess, but to me, it kind of felt like he was using that as an excuse. Um, but, I mean, what it doesn't really. Um, who else? Uh, oh, Dane Cook, obviously. Um, um, not really. Uh, his, he, he, I liked him a, like back in the day, but not not for a while. I mean, he I didn't like. He made his money in the nineties and early two thousands. He made bank, and then he didn't have to make any more money. <laughs> he was like, okay, I'm... yeah. Apparently, his brother stole a bunch of money from him. I don't yeah, like. I, I, heard, I heard he had to go back and do like road gigs and stuff because his <laughs> yeah. like half his like movie budget money, like the big money. Right, yeah. The, uh, the big shit. Dude, you know that ha- also happened to the guy who wrote Fight Club? Chuck Palahniuk? Yeah. He, his brother was uh, like one of the people that like helped him with budgeting his money. I was a financial advisor and stole like half his money. He had to write like five, he, he planned on retiring early and he had to write like four new books just to like make him to me. Just to get him. That's wild. I mean, at least he's, he already had know, a publisher and so it wasn't a big deal, but he was like, right. He like had peaks, you know, around Fight Club. So he's like, oh, now I have to like prove myself again. Interesting. I mean, he's written some good shit since then. No, yeah. Um, hello. So, I mean, it's like, I I don't know who I would say. Uh, like, I got those first three so easily. And now I'm like internally debating everyone against each other like it matters. So I grew up in a very religious family so they were very yeah. thinking about what i couldn't couldn't listen to so if i go from like what made me like comedy it was brian regan and uh jim gaffigan and yeah. bill cosby uh yeah that's what i could listen to and but they were still great like i knew they were great right. they did and then in college and high school, my rebellion I did. I didn't do drugs, I didn't smoke, I didn't have sex. 
I listen to dirty comedy. That's how I rebel. <laughs> then I listen to like Jim Jeffries and yeah. you know Louis C.K. and Sarah Silverman and uh, man, like uh, that was Big like Jay Okerson. Yeah, I never. I had CISO for a while, and I loved his uh his crowd work yeah. on there. Mm-hmm. That was so good. Uh, and then, fun. um, oh, that was right when like Segura was just getting famous when I was like in college. Uh, like he was like next to normal. That's like one of my favorite comedy specials. The one where he talks about like 40, first 48 and stuff like that. Like that uh, so, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Dookie shoes. <laughs> <laughs> jellyfish. I, guess- oh, I don't know why we call him jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, Mulaney is to, and uh, oh, um, James Acaster, I like him a lot. Daniel Sloss, I like him a lot. Uh, Eugene Merman, uh, I'm a big Eugene Merman, yeah, fan. and then uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul F. Tompkins. Oh, yeah, for his his comment, his uh, one of his comedy potential presents when he comes out and he's just like super like posh and like uppity rich guy and he's just like would crack be so bad if it was called crackle and like just his delivery and the way he presents it it's just so stupid and funny i love him so much i yeah it's man and jim Merman don't you know they do more tv stuff now so they like don't have to like do comedy as much but i wish eugene Merman still did like he used to do like he had a lot of stuff on CISO too he had like a show on CISO where like he would interview comics, but I I love his stand up too. Uh, yeah, he's like he's like one of the like Brooklyn guys, like him and like Sean Patton and uh, like who actually like I don't know. I've seen so many people come out of Brooklyn that aren't funny, but they were actually were funny. But uh, sometimes I'm like, ah, you're a little. This is a little too like too much politics. Not enough funny for me. Sometimes people come out of Brooklyn and they're like that. I'm like, ah, I don't know about you. Politics are hard because I mean, just inherently, it's gonna be dated. So it's yeah, hard to make a good political joke. I mean, some of them like Colin Quinn. Obviously, he does his whole thing, and it's funny. But but it's like yeah. more historical than political, really. You know, um, I guess. I mean, yeah. And you can just make anything really funny. He's at that point in his life where he's like, I can pretty much have a, a, a one like an hour special about anything. So I'll choose this. <laughs> But I, I, I usually I try not to talk about politics on stage because I, I'm one of those people. I it doesn't. There could be like a neo-Nazi in the audience, and if he doesn't like my stand-up, it will crush me. <laughs> like Why? I want everyone to like me. I want everyone to like. Oh, me. not just it doesn't matter how evil or it's good you are as a person. Yourself. No, no. They're gonna like me for they're, they're gonna at least think I'm funny. You don't have to like me. You can even use hate speech after you say like I, I want I want to be the funniest f word to whatever hateful person's out there. Like, I want to be like oh, sure. like that That's one guy point. in a show once he walked out. He was having an argument. He was in the front row of my show and he was having a like argument with his wife and she liked me and he didn't. He thought I was he's like no I, and he was talking out loud like while during my show he's like no 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 I he got, he's really funny. Honey, he's really funny. I just do not want to listen to a fag for 10 minutes. I just don't want. It is too faggy. He is really funny. 
And then I, 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 uh, I said, you know what, sir? I'm just happy you think I'm funny. I mean, I'm like, you, here, you can go out, you can go out, you can go out, and I'll let you know when I'm done. And I promise <laughs> you, the rest of the show will not be as faggy as this. So, <laughs> and I got a huge laugh out of it because I, I don't want to create enemies. Like, you know how many people after hearing some hate speech are like, just like you know, gun down their throat about how awful a person they are. They already know that. They already know that they probably, what they're thinking is not the right thing to do. Like, you don't have to be the harbinger of morality towards them. Like, I'd rather them be like, oh, you know, I saw this bag on stage today and he was honestly very funny. It just wasn't my thing, but he was pretty funny. He was pretty funny. I mean, that's good. I mean, I'm glad, yeah, I can see that being validated. Like, yeah, you're pretty funny. I get black I get uh, for a minute, you know. Some people are more, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a liberal, it's not like I'm not a liberal. I'm just like, I just don't care. I'm like, I just, like, you think what you want to think. I just, I'm not there to change your mind on things, I'm there to make you laugh. I don't know. I think there's people that have that mindset, and there's people that are like, oh, I also want you to agree with my opinions. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm the opposite. Like, if I can tell there's someone in the room that, like, doesn't like what I'm saying, like, if I make a joke about religion or something, I mean, half the time here, there's a churchy person in the crowd. Um, and if I could, like, then it, to me, it becomes more about making everyone else laugh, even if they're the only person not laughing. That's fine. Like, I'd rather them realize you're wrong for the opinion you have of not finding that joke. Fun. Like, I don't, like, I just, when I get, like, like, yeah, there's certain people. types of people I'm like, eh, you know, you're just a loser. Like, like I get it. Like, that's why you don't like it. But, like, I usually try yeah. not to play in the audience. I'm usually like, like, I get, like, I don't know. I, I used to be really religious, and I, I was that same guy in that audience. So I was, like, uncomfortable about it, an anti-religion joke. So I, I can totally see where they're coming from. I know. But, oh, no. See, that's why I'm like, if I got over it, you can, too. Fucking, no, I just... It's, I'm not the one to make new friends. I'm not, I'm not yeah, well, you're, you're just kind of just as evangelical, but for you know secularism, you know, you know basically, I'm basically Turner Burn for the non-religious crowd. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what happens when you when you leave religion. Some people grow out of it sooner than later. I did, but when you for your first like five to ten years afterwards, you're like pretty preachy about atheism. Yeah, and I don't even know that I would consider myself an atheist. I just hate organizing. You can believe what you want. I just can't stand the fucking hypocrisy of like the way they tell people to live their lives, and then the way so many of them live their actual life. Like, I mean, whatever. I'm not gonna. No, I get what you mean, though. Yeah, <laughs> there's not a huge like we don't have a huge Christian crowd that loves this podcast. So you can talk shit about them. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just you know the whole. I mean, we, I mean, it almost feels repetitive to even talk like, you know, well, Christians don't practice what they preach, but I, it, the fact that they have so much political power is what upsets me. If they didn't have, if they weren't so politically active and motivated and like influencing things that happen in the country, fine, whatever, believe whatever the hell you want, but don't legislate about it. That's where I get mad. That's oh, when you like, you, you have beliefs you don't even practice yourself and then you like try to get everyone else to practice them. Like legally, right. yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's annoying. 
Yeah. My thing is like they practice this whole thing about like if it, if you generally are a Christian, like you know, there's like the fruits of the spirit, and you never see people that actually have those fruits. And no, you see like there's like one, there's like a one in a dozen. Like you know, there's like one guy where I'm, you know, like I honestly like he amazes me. He's just like sweet as can be, nicest guy on the earth. You know, would not hurt a fly. And then there's like ten after him who are like scumbags. And you're like, okay, maybe. Yeah. Maybe this is just all like personal, uh, choose what you want when you want it kind of bullshit. Some people are fine, but yeah, the larger organization as a whole is very ominous and uh, harmful. Yeah, I, I think it's more of a, uh, it's like really the culture that's more harmful than anything. It's more that they're like, yeah, you can't really be 100% real with anybody. Because you don't want to seem like you're stepping on toes, but you're also not supposed to, you know, like, I don't know, there's just a lot of double-sided double, double sided talk that yeah. happens. It's, like, really shady, and you're like, ah, I don't know about this. For sure. Or, like, you, you go crumble to the floor if I say fuck, but then, like, you can watch a guy get, like, beat up for being gay, and you, like, have no... Right. recollection of it like that's that's well, it's unfortunate but it's natural <laughs> yeah yeah well you know he did he did ask for it <laughs> yeah right uh, that doesn't always happen but it the same it's in the same circles that's the thing like it's like right or some guy's gonna you know commit a hate crime because he saw at church service that you're not supposed to be that way so i'm not right. committing a sin that's that guy you know Right. And then, yeah, then it gets, and that's where a lot of shit gets turned dangerous is when people internalize all this shit they hear at church and then go, well, if God is above the law, then what anything I do in the name of God is pretty supersedes anything. Like it's, and then you January 6th, and that's how we get there. I don't know if that was, I know a lot of people in that crowd were probably like redneck atheists. There's no way they were. They had to be Christian as hell. No, I don't think so. I think you don't the, think so. I, I think that Trump, so the Trump, the Trump portion of uh, Republicanism, is what happens when you have a bunch of people who are like right wing, but they're also not religious. But their like, whole thing is like stopping abortion and all the way and like that's what he claims. But I think the. Like the, the people that are like, I just like the way he like doesn't give a shit. That 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 portion of it, like the guys who are like wearing like the buck and like the paint, they're not religious. Mm-hmm. They're like they're like gung ho about the the like the don't give a fuck portion of it. Like give it to the libtard. I can see. I mean, yeah, there's definitely that. It's like it's not even sure. about it's not even about religion anymore to that portion. It's like uh it's more about the power, really. Oh yeah, but they—I mean, yeah—they'll still. Now like, the portion that's surprised at what Trump did and how he won, and they're still like right wing. Those are the Christians, and they're the yeah. ones that sold out their own party by being like, "Oh well, you know, at least he still is anti-abortion." Like they're the ones that like didn't—they said they didn't like him, but they still voted for him. Those are the ones that are God's using him as a means to an end. Yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> those are the ones the kind of people that would storm the capital they still believe in our democracy but they're like still crazy nut job christians you know like 
I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's probably, I mean, there's definitely people that are just using it to push further right. I think it's like QAnon is what happens when you don't read your Bible, but you're still right wing. Yeah. Well, but a lot of the QAnon people believe in like some form of God. Like there, I I got so far down the rabbit hole of like listening to different Q podcasts and like not. The HBO special QAnon is great. It's a great podcast. Yeah. That was wonderful. Yeah, um, um, we could solve all the world's problems, but I'm just getting tired, and it's been over yeah. an hour. So, uh, Eric, thanks for being on the podcast. And uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, this will probably be out by Tuesday. Um. Oh well, let's see. This Actually, no. no. Uh, I'm putting out another one on Tuesday. This will probably be out because yours is going to be out next week, I think. So. Well, in that case, uh, February 11th at Planet of the Tapes, I am emceeing a burlesque show. It's called uh, For the Love of Film. It's a film-themed burlesque show. I'm stupid excited about it. Uh, hosting is one of my favorite things to do in comedy, so I'm really excited to do a burlesque show. Uh, so, yeah, February 11th at Planet of the Tapes in Louisville, Kentucky. That'd be cool. I am on the 11th. going to be in Muncie, Indiana. Um Kyle Buck is is running a Valentine's Day show in Muncie at a brewery, a local brewery. I'm going to be featuring for Mandy McLevy, a Louisville favorite. Nice. Mandy McKelvey, you mean? Yeah, whatever. Is it McKelvey? It's McKelvey. Oh, shit. I keep on saying her last name wrong. Oh, well. <laughs> it happens. I mean, I don't know if she cares, but yeah. Just... McKelvey. Mandy McKelvey. Yeah, that'll uh, be a good show. I'm glad we had a Louisville person here to correct my awful... <laughs> Butchering her last name. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that'll be fun. And I think Tim McDonald's hosting. So that'll be a really good in the show. Uh, oh, yeah. And get to do some longer set. A longer set. That'll be fun. And uh, that's always fun. And I I've host, I've featured for her before. And she, I know she likes my stuff. So it's, it's good knowing already in advance. So, like, the person that you're featuring for is a fan of you. So, yeah, you've got all the tools for success going in. Yeah, yeah. so that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, I know Ryan Ross was doing the Sunday show. He's my co-host. Uh, he's doing the Sunday show next week, so if you want to see him, he'll be there next week. Uh, and, you know, besides that, you know, we're just kind of living our life, trying to stay away from that COVID mess. And that COVID. Uh, I don't know, making out with everyone that's not covid positive you know hell yeah that's what Uh, i've been doing party party on you know stay in school uh if you can uh or do that you know e-learning as they say nowadays because you can't (laughs) stay in school because all that covid it's a muck but besides that party on party on stay cool